0: Hello, everybody. I am Ashley Smith, Director of Marketing at SCORE, and on this episode of Inside College Admissions, we're going to be talking to Carolyn Kaplan, also known as Admissions Mom. Today's conversation is going to focus on a very important topic, early decision rejection. We're at that time of year when some students are applying early decision and anxiously waiting to hear back from those schools. And unfortunately, not everybody's going to get the answer that they're hoping for. Admission's mom is here to give advice on how to cope with rejection and reframe how students can think about this outcome. For those of you who don't know admissions mom here's a quick summary. She was a teacher for 30 years also worked as an independent educational consultant she's a real life mom of three and she's very engaged respected and beloved by the popular subreddit applying to college welcome carolyn we're so happy to have you here with us today. Thank you so much for having me.
1: I'm very excited to be here and and talk about a potentially hard time for many kids coming up, but also a time of great learning and self-exploration.
0: So before we do, you know, dive into this very important topic, can you just give us some background about what motivated you to get started with your work as admissions mom?
1: Absolutely. So it kind of had two, two folds. My name admissions mom comes from two areas. First, I'm a mom. So I wanted to bring that to college admissions, the mom advice instead of expert, because I don't consider myself an expert. There's so much learning to be done. Uh Um, I can share mom advice. Also, it was an honor of my mom. She had recently died a year before I started on the subreddit and my mom was a huge advocate of college access. So I knew I wanted to be a college consultant but I wanted to find a way to also give back and create college access. And so I kind of, I found the subreddit and found that this was a place where I could not only help with the college essay, because I'd been a college essay teacher for most of my life, but also I could help with the anxiety and the stress that I'd seen really building up around me and in my community. And I could offer some help in that and kind of more of a mom frame than a professional frame.
0: Absolutely. And We're big fans of your work at SCORE, and it's really great when we're looking at, you know, the pieces that you write on, whether it's in Reddit or the blog itself. Your tone is so calming and you really do embody that for the students that you're working with. So that's that's great. So let's just dive in. What advice would you give to students who were either deferred or denied through the early admission or early decision process?
1: Well, first of all, it is it is also early admission, because they're going to hear back from colleges where they might have applied early action also. So I think it's not just the early decision schools, it's also the schools where they, where they applied early action. And so when the decision doesn't go their way, the first piece of advice I want to give students is, first of all, to kind of prepare for it ahead of time i call it emotional planning and that's to know that especially if you're applying to highly rejective colleges or for your super reach colleges that the likelihood of acceptance might not be great for you in the first place and just be prepared for that you know i i always tell kids to plan work you know work their little asses off to do the best they can to give the best application that they possibly can and then it's out of their hands and all they can do is hope for the best, but I I like for them to expect the worst. I like for them to be totally mentally prepared for the worst. And then to know that as decisions come back and if they don't go their way, it might feel like the end of the world. Yeah. And that's a really big feeling. And it's a feeling you kind of have to allow yourself to experience and push through and allow those bad feelings to be a part of your life for a little while. Knowing that they're going to pass and that they are temporary and that feelings are are ephemeral, they come and they go we're happy and then we're sad and then we're happy and they're sad It's part of the human experience, but for many students, this is the first time they're going to have felt that kind of a letdown in their lives, and it, it hits them very hard, you're not alone if you're experiencing that know that it's okay to have those feelings. It's okay to be sad about something that doesn't go your way. It's okay to be really mad. Allow yourself to experience it, but also with the same knowledge behind you, you know in the back of your head that is gonna go away. And in a little while, you're gonna be feeling better and you're gonna be eating ice cream, which I encourage everyone to do. <laughs> yes. And you're gonna be coming back to us in a year on applying to college or on Instagram or wherever you like to share your story. And you're going to tell this story about how this was the hardest time of your life and now you're okay and you've grown from it because i see it every year from kids who've had this experience
0: and i think that that's so important just acknowledging the feelings that they're having you know people have a tendency to suppress this and i think it's just so important to be in that moment to deal with it but then as you said you know you're going to be okay and there are other options and ultimately things will Things will work out. It just may not be what you imagined. Right. Exactly. So let's pick a scenario here. We have a student who applied early decision to their dream school, absolutely crushed that. You know, if the answer came back as a no, what would you say to that particular student in terms of regular or rolling admission? Like how should they approach the rest of this process? Because, you know, they're starting off on a negative foot and it can be really hard to kind of bounce back so what would you say for the rest of this year for them
1: so exactly i mean i think the first thing is part of the words that you said talk about what that word means dream school what that means because i have a really strong opinion if you read anything i write you're going to hear about it a lot but First of all, I don't believe in dream schools. I don't believe that they should be part of the lingo in college admissions. I don't believe that we should be encouraging kids to think about them. I don't believe kids, you should be thinking about them because really the dream is within you. If you think about your dream school, if you think about what that is and you imagine it, everything you're imagining is you on that campus. Mm -hmm. You're imagining you in class, you with your friends, as you're thinking about your future, it's all about you. It's not about the school. So what I want you to do if this has happened if you've had one school you were like dead set on and it didn't go your way, what I want you to do is imagine all those scenarios with you on that campus. And then find schools where you can have that experience, I promise there is more than one school where you can find those experiences there's multiple schools where you'll be able to have those experiences but it requires some work and it requires work within where you really think about what you want rather than just the name of a school and it requires work without where you're doing your research and you're looking for different colleges that fit what your needs are so first take a little break take a few days feel those feelings allow yourself to be sad Allow yourself to bash some pillows, experience your sadness or your anger or whatever it is, and then give yourself a little break, start eating a lot of ice cream, and then get back to it. If you don't have your other applications ready to go, then it's time to get to work. It's time to really start working through finding schools that you want to apply to and moving forward, hopefully you already have some colleges in the back of your mind. And then what I would do is research those and dig in and see, are they really what I want? Are these really what I'm looking for? And if you've kind of just like thrown together another list beyond your most special school, then you might want to add some schools on that are um, a better fit for you or more what you're looking for to find that dream you. The other thing is, if you're deferred, Many schools will accept a letter a letter of continued interest called a Loki. And you have to read the information the colleges send you because they'll tell you specifically some schools don't want them at all, some schools have a form, and some schools you can email them a letter. And that's where you send them any updates about what's been going on with you and really
0: try to create a
1: picture of who you are on their campus. So those are the main things.
0: You mentioned this, but you really do have to, to dive back in, and I love that perspective of, you know obviously may not be ideal or not what they thought, but there will be another school that's a great fit. But you also mentioned something else that I'm curious to dig into a little bit more. I I do believe that some students do get wrapped up in the quote brand or name of a particular institution. So can you talk a little bit about why that shouldn't be the main focus for these students? Absolutely. I mean, I, I just from speaking from personal experience,
1: I mean, I have a daughter who went to Harvard who it wasn't a great fit for her, you know, so that's kind of that experience. But I talk to kids every day on Reddit and on A2C and, and, and kids who reach out to me on Instagram and just private students, too, who have gone to school where they didn't do a lot of research. So they ended up with the name that they and I'm going to really emphasize this and their parents really wanted for them. And it wasn't the right fit. It wasn't the right school because they went for the name rather than for the experience that they were looking for in their application. And so now they're transferring nothing wrong with transferring. We grow. We change. I am all for transferring. You you change your mind about programs you want. But if you do some of that research ahead of time and you really figure out what it is, the experience you're wanting, you might save yourself from the hassle of having to transfer. If it's because you haven't done, you know, transferring has a lot of different reasons. So I think it's very important to get beyond the name on the bumper sticker on the back of your car, your mom's car, or the names that your parents like to toss out at cocktail parties and really focus on the experience that you want, the experience that you see yourself having in college. And it's always amazing to me how many kids don't do that. They just take the USNWR and just like, okay, those are my schools, the top 15 there, you know, and they're all very different schools. Probably if you're going to like one of those, you might really not like another one. So you have to think about what is
0: working for you. I love that. And I think it's so important just because, you know, you may meet the quote qualifications or standards to get into that school. It doesn't mean it's a good cultural fit. So that's so key. And it can be so hard for students to feel like they may be disappointing a parent guardian or somebody who's supporting them in the process. But at the end of the day, it's, your choice, you have to live with it. So keeping that at the forefront is so, so critical.
1: And your experience, not even your choice, your experience, your four really important years of your life or more. And in my experience with parents, if they're difficult with this, is talking to them as a, as a child, talking to them and really explaining your thoughts and your feelings about colleges and doing your research and showing parents why one school over another might be a better choice for you
0: that could actually be a fantastic topic to talk about at some point, just how to approach your parents about that situation. I love <laughs> I it a lot. I, talk, I write about <laughs> it a lot. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You did mention something a little bit earlier in the conversation, too, around the concept of emotional planning. And this is something that, again, I think is so, so important, especially as you know we've all been And are still in the pandemic, so can you talk a little bit about this in more detail and are there any shifts or things that you think are really important to point out now that we are in a COVID world.
1: Well, I think with emotional planning, yeah, I mean, I think everybody's a little more tender emotionally than ever, you know, because learning to get back into a social situation, learning how to be with others is all important and kind of knowing and acknowledging that you might be a little more sensitive now in the experience of college admissions because your life has been upended for the last 18 months. uh, I think acknowledging that is huge. But I also wanna kind of touch on something with emotional planning that I, I, a story that I love to tell, and I tell all my students this, and it's actually been really helpful for me personally too. And it's about why it's important to have stress in our lives. Not terrible stress, but the good kind of stress. And there is good stress. Good stress makes you stronger. And I have this story about the trees. There was this biome in Arizona back in the 90s where they were trying to create the perfect atmosphere for trees to grow so that they could recreate. Maybe if we have to move to Mars or something someday and we have to have life. So they made this huge biosphere and they gave these little baby trees like perfect temperature, perfect soil, perfect amounts of water. They like thought about everything nutrients and the trees like grew really fast and they grew really strong. And then they started falling over and they couldn't figure out why. And so they had to do all these scientific tests and I'm no scientist, so, but- Me either. (laughs) And what they found was that these trees didn't have any wind. They had forgotten to bring wind into this atmosphere. And so the trees weren't developing something called stress bark. And the stress bark is what, when wind pushes on a tree, they develop this stress bark that keeps them up nice and tall. And so if you think about college admissions and the stresses of it, Think of it as helping you grow your stress bark so you can keep growing nice and strong. You need something pushing on you. If everything is perfect all the time and nothing is ever pushing back and making life so easy that you grow perfectly, which many of your parents are trying to do and I tried to do for my children, then you have to acknowledge that sometimes it's going to be hard and this might be the first time that you've ever had this real stress inducing experience helping you grow your stress bark helping you get stronger and grow taller and stand firmer in your place. That's kind of as we look at it. Now, bringing in the pandemic on top of that might be too much stress. So we kind of have to be careful when we think about stress because there's a level when it gets too much, you know, and then it's going to just pop you over like a hurricane rather than just wind gently pushing on you.
0: Absolutely. It can be so challenging. And the thing that I think is so important and inspiring about that, too, is that it's going to make you feel better about it. If you don't go through any challenges or don't have any of that wind in in your face, whatever it may be, you could result in a situation where it may be taken for granted or whatever. But I think it's really important for students to hear that and to know that, you know, Whatever the outcome is, they did a lot of work to get to where they are, and that's important to keep in mind. Not even just they go through the college process and you know end up on campus, but you can apply that to almost anything in life. So it's great to have that perspective starting at that age with this big decision that they're going to make. Yeah, for sure. So, like I said in the beginning, we are definitely huge fans of your work and your writing and you have a lot of great blog posts out there and we're going to provide some links to them in the description of this podcast but. You do have one specifically that is talking about you know when early decision doesn't go a students way. And there's one line that particularly stood out to me where you say something along the lines of it's the college's loss. It's not yours, so can you tell us a little bit more about that and and help provide that perspective for the students.
1: Right well, I think for so many colleges, you know they literally are going to have thousands and thousands of amazing college applicants applying to their school up to over 50,000 you know, I mean, in some cases, and they can't take all the amazing students out there. There's just no way. There's, It's not possible because all of the students are applying to the same colleges. So if it doesn't go your way, if your application isn't one, even the, as amazing as it probably is, if it isn't one that fit what their institutional needs are, then I see that as their loss because they're missing out on the opportunity to have you now that doesn't mean they're not also having other amazing students you know i'm not saying that the students they did pick are going to be bad for them but it's just like there's no way they can have you all and you're also amazing and so they're missing out on the amazing nuances of what you can bring to their campus on the insight that only you have on the thought processes that only you bring on the leadership that you bring and everybody has something different to contribute And I know colleges would love to have as many of you as they possibly could. I see it as their loss, and I think a lot of the colleges do too. I talk to admissions counselors frequently, or I listen to them talk, and they talk about, you know, some of the kids they get really invested in. You know, they get to know you through their essays and, and through learning about your experiences, and it can be heartbreaking to them too. If they have to deny you for for whatever reason, and frequently is because of institutional needs of college itself, not because you didn't build a connection or they
0: don't see you on their campus you know, we have a lot of conversations about that at SCORE as well, and we have people who used to work in admission that are now part of SCORE, too, and it was really cool to hear through some recent dialogue that, you know, there are people who are really, really rooting for you, and I think that that's important for a student to know, too, because, you know, rejection is hard and it just feels like the entire institution or establishment is just saying no, but, but you're right. I mean, there are a lot of individuals who you could have made a connection with. And I think that it's really important to recognize that too, because you put a lot of effort into it and ultimately may not work out the way that you want it to, but it doesn't mean, as you said before, that you can't learn from that as well. Right. Absolutely. 100%. And I do
1: think it's the college's laws. I do think, first of all, it's a coping mechanism to think that for sure, but also recognizing that they're missing out on you, you know, and maybe you feel like you're missing out on them, but also they're missing out on you and you are still going to have all these other options, you know, available to you. And so some other college is going to be lucky enough to get you and have you on their campus, bringing the special brand and uniqueness that you have within.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I think that with rejection, there are a lot of different coping mechanisms that students go through. And I loved some of the ones that you highlighted before. Eat ice cream for me, I, you know, I have that savory craving I'd eat a lot of chips and guac. But it's important to really, again, you know, feel those emotions. Are there any other unique coping tips that you've heard from students that you can relay that could, you know, just help them in that process? Maybe something unique or different? Well, I mean, I
1: think, you know, we, everybody goes through different experiences of what they do. I think the main thing is like really digging in and and recognizing your feelings. And so one thing that I I work with a lot of the students on is a, a process and it's from mindfulness called RAIN. And it's where you like take a minute and like recognize. So the R stands for recognize, like, oh, I'm having this feeling and like just, you know, there it is, there's that feeling that's being really sad or being really mad instead of trying to suppress it. And then the A is acknowledging it and allowing it. Okay. I'm going to let myself have this that's the step where you really like allow yourself to get mad so that's where you do like some pillow bashing or have like a major league death metal dance party in your room or whatever you like to do <laughs> yes to get it I like to listen to Eminem when I'm really mad because he helps me get my anger out but everybody has kind of their own thing my daughter listens to other like death metal stuff and you know, and, you know, we all have our way of feeling our anger, but really allow yourself to have it. Don't just like push it away. And then the I is investigating. And to me, this is the most interesting part. Why is this so devastating to me? Why is this so hard for me to, first of all, allow in my body, but also to experience, like, what is it about me? Like, why have I invested so much in this application journey? Why am I having such a hard time accepting the answer, but it just like investigating, which means asking yourself a ton of questions after you've gone through the anger. And then the last part is recognizing and it's called it's the in and it's like non-specified non non taking it in. Really. I can't think of the exact word right now, but it's like, not you basically these feelings are not you feelings are feelings. And like we said before, feelings come and go, and they're temporary. But I think if you can really try to get yourself to, like, think about going through the feelings of this in a process, and if you learn about it ahead of time with emotional planning, it can help you as you work through it. But as to what some of the kids do, I mean, I hear a lot about pillow bashing, dance parties, taking long walks, time with family, allowing yourself to cry, allowing yourself to let your family or your friends know that you're upset, you know? Yes, yes. You want not trying to be, you know, like hold it all in to act like it's no big deal because it will come back and bite you later if you try to push it all down. And, uh, you know, that's what the kids talk about, like really trying to engage with family, friends, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're not talking to your family and friends, reach out to a teacher or maybe a cool aunt or uncle or a cousin, you know, somebody who maybe is not so close to you that it doesn't, that like that you can just kind of talk to about it, but it's going to be important to talk. And also, you know, for those of you who are on A2C, we have a lot of people reaching out and talking to us there. So feel free to come write a post and you'll have a a half a million people who want to
0: try to help you and talk to you about. Yes, that's fantastic. Because one of the things that, you know, for me personally, I always find it's helpful to communicate with others when I'm feeling that way. But, you know, recognizing that sometimes those students may feel you know, ashamed or embarrassed or whatever it may be. So knowing that there is that community there, I think is also an awesome tip for students. So make sure to check it out if you haven't already. One of the things that we also briefly touched on is the concept of how rejection can lead to self growth and development. Can you talk a little bit more about maybe some examples of self-growth that you've seen as a result of this, or what a student can do to really think through that process again, to get them to the point where they're excited again and and looking at new opportunities in a different light.
1: Right, one thing I like to talk to the kids about, and and this is probably more in the spring, but as they're just dealing with the concept of it, is that sometimes when you think about your friends or family members who acceptances have always gone their way, and, and it can be really easy to get like jealous of that, you know, obviously, because we're human, but if you think about it, if you spend that a little bit and think of them as being denied the opportunity to learn from growth and from pain in that experience, they will have their own. Believe me, it's not, you know, and they probably already have or they will have if they haven't. But like hmm think well well like you can kind of feel sorry for them. Wow, they don't get to like grow and learn like I am going to get to do to know that I'm going to be okay. And I think that is a huge step for so many kids at 18, you know, you haven't ever had this experience of really being pushed, having a lot of wind in your face, right? And many of you have, I mean, I know that, so, but many of you have it. And so this is the first time and you're going to really get a chance to prove to yourself, oh, like I'm so much stronger than I realized. And that, you know, life is full of zigs and zags. And I think this is an important lesson to learn at 17 or 18. It's not just like one little narrow path that we go down where everything is like all rosy on the sides. I mean, we go ups and downs and zigs and zags, and it doesn't always end up where you think it's going to be. And I think acknowledging that early on, you know, like you're getting a big zag right here and that's okay. Because you're gonna be going off somewhere else and it's gonna work out great for you, or maybe it won't. And then you'll find your way with another zig. We just have to be ready to kind of be flexible and move with these. And if you find that you're being inflexible about it, then this is gonna be a great opportunity for you to find some of that flexibility, find some of that balance. I'm a yoga person, so I'm gonna talk about flexibility and balance, but find some of that balance within yourself where you don't have to kind of just stay in one direction that you can like wiggle and zig and zag and still be strong. And I think that's the learning experience that you'll have. I know that when kids hear this kind of stuff before it happens, they roll their eyes at me because yeah. I get eye rolls on emoji eye rolls <laughs> all the time. Yeah, and, sure. um, but, you know, it's, it's still kind of just maybe just knowing that it could happen to you might help. Sure. But it's still going to hurt.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, it, it absolutely will. And that's the thing too. I mean, this experience, as we said before, can translate into so many other different scenarios. So yeah, I think it's good to, as you know, we talked about before too, you know, emotionally planning for the potential right. of this result. So right. it's funny too, you know, I, I, I think that so many times I do this myself you can look at whether it's a friend or somebody you know and just think to yourself oh this type of situation would never happen to them and then you kind of go down that path of comparison or this or that and i think it's so important to be able to as you talked about flip that perspective because you're right this zag or zag is really going to help them in the long term even though it really just flat out may suck at that point in time which which is, which is just life. so true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's
1: life. And and I think, you know, and I think also something else to keep in mind is that life is long. You know, I, I always like to say life is long and life is short and we have to take advantage of every moment we have. But also we have a long time to work our way through it to get to where we want to be. I work with a lot of different people of all ages, actually people returning to school, people starting school later in life. And, you mm-hmm. know, your life isn't doesn't have to go in one direction yeah having that awareness that's
0: so important there are so many students that I've come across personally that you know they are just so dead set on certain things and again can be crushed by this but they always land on their feet somewhere (laughs) After eating ice cream, yes, absolutely, <laughs> or having that dance party, or guac and chips. <laughs> yeah, guac and chips for me. That that's it. <laughs> yeah. So I mentioned this in the very beginning too, but I I really love the approach and the way that you communicate with students, because it's very real. It's very authentic. And even if you do get some eye rolls in the beginning, (laughs) you know, once certain scenarios come up, I think they would embrace some of these thoughts even more when they, you know, come across some trials. But in one of the posts that you wrote, you very explicitly state that, you know, students, you are going to kick ass wherever you go. And I think that is so important. It's it's what you make of the experience, and it may not be that bumper sticker. It may not have that same brand name that they would envision. But I think that that's such a key element to focus on because you know it's really up to them to make the most of it. Because you could you could end up going to your quote, and I well, I shouldn't say dream school. I know we shouldn't do that, <laughs> but <laughs> first choice. Yes, yes, absolute first choice better set but even if they do that that doesn't guarantee anything you really have to make the most of that situation, so I so appreciate. That perspective, and I just i'm curious if there's anything else that you would want to say to students along those lines, just to let them know that they will, if they embrace it really do well wherever they end up.
1: Right. And I think obviously it's up to them. I mean, it's it's, you know, it's internal, but it kind of goes back to that whole idea of dream you like you're taking yourself wherever you go to college. And I read countless essays and and read stories of these amazing kids. I mean, Gen Z is just like you guys have got it going on. I mean, it's like I'm so impressed with, you know, I know that the anxiety isn't a good part of the experience, but I'm so impressed with everything else. Like the way you guys are in social activism and the way they, they y'all are really trying to make a ways to change the world and not only find your one little path to success, but like just so open-minded about the way the world works and the way your brains work. growing up on computers where you've had knowledge at your fingertips, I think has really created this generation of people, of humans who are going to make huge changes in our world and. What I love is that no matter where you go to college, you're bringing that amazingness with you. You are bringing it out into the world. And what I can't wait is for what is going to happen with the world when you guys are moved on and past college and like really kind of like creating these amazing changes. The brain development that I see in 17-year-olds right now, and I've been teaching for almost 40 years at this point. No, I'm not that old. 35 years. (laughs) The brain development is just crazy and and so i love the thoughts and the way that they think and how smart everybody is and the perseverance that i see in times of struggle and that's gonna go with you so that you can go kick ass wherever you're gonna be honestly and if it's not the right place for you to be then change and go find somewhere else you know but yeah. It's, you're still bringing yourself with you, that dream you, you're bringing with you. And it's not dream you,
0: the letter you, it's dream you, you? That's so important. And I couldn't agree more. I am so impressed by this generation as well and how in tune they are with a lot of the things that are happening in the world. And I think that there are just going to be so many opportunities for them on whatever college campus they end up on to to really make an impact that change. So it's, it's really, really cool to see. And quite frankly, it gives me hope.
1: Me too. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think any college that gets these kids, I hope that they're taking advantage of the resources that are coming to them. You know, the colleges themselves of taking advantage of these kids. And I think they are, I think they're in tune. I think there are so many different kinds of colleges that are out there that are excited about having this generation on their campus and it's not just you know the big name brands you know, it's people who know how to work with your generation and how to teach and and how to have big functions and how to have small classrooms and all sorts of different ways I mean you figure out what works for you. But I think they're ready for you and you're going to go do amazing things no matter where it is. Or even if you decide not to go to college, I'm okay with that too. I know we're on a college admissions thing here, but you know, sometimes a gap year or two is a great option and taking some time to grow, especially after the pandemic, taking some time to grow and think and learn about yourself and maybe get a job before you go is also a really great thing.
0: Yeah. I think that's such a good point too, because we talk a lot about the emotional planning of all of this and sometimes the best path forward is potentially to take that gap year so that they can better evaluate and get more out of the educational process from that point. I'm 100%. We are almost at time here, but what I wanted to ask you before we part is, are there any tips, any last parting words that you would want to give to students as they are in this extremely? heightened sense of anxiety. Any words of wisdom that you can provide to those students?
1: Hope for the best, but expect the worst. You know, really do that planning to think about it. You know, remember the trees and the wind. And I think it's going to be really important to do a lot of self-care. If you're not getting up from your computer in these couple of weeks before um, the decision time, I really recommend that you turn off your screen a little bit. I know that A2C is a great place of comfort and finding space but also it can be a little bit overwhelming to read everybody else's stress so yes. make sure you're taking yep. breaks make sure you're spending time outside yeah like even in the cold weather take time to be outside take time away from a screen get physical exercise even if it's just taking a walk around the block and i really feel like it's important to be in nature. I mean, to me, that's what that means. Like, right. Like get into the real world a little bit, go outside and look at a tree or look at the sky. I mean, even if you live in a city, you have those, or you have a, a weed growing in the sidewalk, but like, <laughs> take some time to look at nature and, and figure out like, there's a bigger world out there. The the universe is vast. You and your college acceptances or denials are very, 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 very tiny little eensy weensy dot. Yep. And have an idea of the bigger picture of the world out there. Now, that doesn't mean you're not important because you are, because to you, you're the most important person out there. So, and that's why it's important to take care of yourself, but it, to get it all into perspective. And mm-hmm. again, to think about that, you know, these feelings that you're going to have are temporary. They might, they're going to suck. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, but they're temporary and they're going to go away and just prepare yourself, please, please. Yeah. That's the heartbreaking part for me. You know, when we hear from kids who just like are shocked that they yeah. weren't accepted
0: yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's great advice for so many things, but you know, it's when we have all of this information at our fingertips at all times, it's easy to sit there and hit the refresh button how many different times, but you know, at that point, it's really out of your control. So get outside, smell the fresh air, and just know that there will be a path, whether it's the one that you applied for or in another direction.
1: I like to equate it with empty nesting. I'm an empty nester. You know, I raised my three kids, which would be your college applications. Right. And Mm -hmm. I like, I mean, I was a really invested mom. I named myself admissions mom, you know, and I did the best I could. Like I researched, I read, I read everything I could about raising children and I, and I was a teacher. So I was really invested in it, but when they went to college at 18 and now they're all adults, I have to let go. I can't control their lives which is your applications anymore and they're going to go do their own thing and I think of it as empty nesting like you have this application you've spent all this time thinking about college admissions some of you some of you haven't and making good grades and doing extracurriculars and being involved in school and writing amazing essays and getting great test scores and you've invested so so much right it's like your baby this application but then it has to go away and so it's like the empty nest, right? And, and it's going to go doing its own thing and you have no control anymore. And it's so scary. Yeah. Like giving up control is so scary, but also in a way it's freeing, knowing that like you can't do anything anymore and yep. it's going to be what happens is going to happen.
0: Absolutely. So important to keep that perspective. It's tough and acknowledging it's tough is a good thing too. So we so appreciate that advice, we are also going to make sure that we continue to push out all of the different pieces, written, whatever form they are to our students so that they can continue to pick up these tips along the way because it is so critically important. And we just wanna thank you so much for spending some time with us to really lean into this discussion because it's something that, you know, people sometimes just wanna avoid altogether, but as we talked about, it's really important to plan emotionally planned. So Carolyn, thank you so much for, again, spending this time with us. And we hope to have you back soon to chat more.
1: Oh, it was my pleasure. This was great. And good luck to everybody out there. But know that you're going to be okay, even when it doesn't feel like it. Even when it feels pretty damn awful, you're going to be okay. And just allow yourself to have those feelings. Thank you for having me.
0: This is great. Absolutely. We will chat with you soon. Thank you so much.